What up, Yohanyaks? Welcome back to the Rambling Viking Podcast, bringing you your Wednesday dose of weird, which big topic of today that we're going to be covering, I got some other stuff we're going to talk about first, is the U.S.'s freedom convoy of truckers that's starting in California and making its way to Washington, D.C. to bro- protest the national state of emergency that is still enacted due to covid and they're asking that they repeal that and reinstate the Constitution. So I've got all the details on that and what's going on, what the route is, and I'm going to have all the links. I have 14 billion tabs open. But before we get to that, I've got some other fun stuff that we can talk about uh, among so many things. First and foremost, if you have been listening to recent episodes, this will make a lot of sense. I shook a woman's hand Sunday. I know, I know, I said I wasn't going to do it, or at least I wasn't going to seek to do it, but things happened, okay, look, we were at church, it was a time of greeting, this falls under category where, I understand this is where the, the limp, the prompt for that episode happened the week prior, but then this week I had the opposite experience, so nothing makes sense, and funniest thing about this is it's a, it's a couple that we're friends with, and... <laughs> Shook her hand, gave him a hug. Nobody knows what's going on, right? It's 2022, I guess. There's no there's no more gender roles or anything like that. But nothing makes sense. I'm not mad about it either. Don't don't get things twisted. I'm not mad about it at all in any way, shape, or form. But it just thought it was just funny, right? And I think it comes back to how people are raised. Because like my wife said, and she's like, no, I always give a firm handshake. And I think it just... Part, partially a product of how you're raised, partially just your natural personality, partially, I don't know, how good of a person you are. No, <laughs> that's not what it is. But, yeah, that happened. So, call me a hypocrite if you want. I maintain my status of really not seeking out to, or being avid handshaker when greeting and you're saying hi to women, but who knows? That's and also, it could have been a product of, I just went over, and once again, instinctually, hand goes out, because it's a time of greeting. Hand goes out, and she's like, cool, and she responds accordingly, right? There's plenty of time. We also already have rapport, so I don't know. I don't know. There's so many things that go into this. Whoever would have thought the handshaking saga would have been would have played out in such a fashion. Not me, that's for sure. I watched The Tender Swindler. And if you haven't watched it, you should. It is A, wild. It's a wild documentary on Netflix about this guy who basically was a con man via Tinder. And it's kind of wild. I would caution you from not... I think the most important thing when we, when we hear about these con stories, right? Outside looking in, knowing all the facts in and out, kind of having that God view of it, if you will. You know, like the narrator view in a story that you're reading a lot of times. You know what everyone's thinking, and so you can see it from a very different ang- angle. But, you know, certain characters within the story don't know what each other are thinking or don't know what they're doing when they're not around each other, and so forth. So it's easy to fall into the trap of like, how could they fall for this? I would have never. And part of that, preventing that and preventing you falling into that thought process is understanding the nature of a con and how a con works and how we could all fall victim to a con in, in actuality and, and what to look for in a, in a con, right? Con and two, when you're dealing with a professional con man, I expect 
most of us would fall for it if 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 this con was appropriate to our situation let's say you know we're not all going to I'm not going to fall in love with this with this uh Israeli guy and then and then give him a bunch of money like these women did because obviously I'm a dude and I'm married so there's so many obstacles but I don't know maybe it's something to do with a business opportunity involving crypto or something like that but nonetheless the important thing to remember when it comes to these sort of things is that to not victim blame too hard yes and some and I think in some circumstances you can look at people and be like I don't know how you fell for that like grandma who gets a call and is like we're gonna shut down your electricity unless you send us a thousand dollars and wire it to the or those emails and when you look at the email address it's like it's unintelligible letters and numbers at you know gmail or something and you're like wait a minute that the irs doesn't use gmail <laughs> type situation so dotting your because i think these these cons these scams are always adapt uh, adapting they're always getting better and they're always finding new, very sneaky ways to to get you. So we always need to be on guard and we always need to not maybe rush to judgment and harsh judgment. Because that's the thing to remember is like this guy was a professional con man and he and and so he did it right. And he played them perfectly and they bought into it perfectly. And a professional con man too is also gonna know I'm sure he messaged a lot of girls on Tinder and some of them he said and, and then he handpicked targets, right? And was like, you're a mark, you're a mark, you're a mark, right? You you go in, you, you talk to everybody, you feel things out, and then you pick out certain people because they're trusting or they're willing or they're given their situation. I mean, it just puts them in position to where they're most likely to fall for the con. And so that's the other thing to remember about this. It's like three or four women involved in this documentary. And, you know, we don't know how many women he he matches with and messages and then how many don't make the cut to be drawn into his con. But the biggest thing is, you know, he, he comes in and he takes these women looking for love and he offers them that love. And then once they are fully invested, then he (laughs) financially gets them invested. And I mean, honestly, like hats, it is impressive because to live this sort of life of being a professional con man, I uh, don't respect you. No, but it is it i mean you have to be a certain type of person as in total sociopath because especially doing it involving love romantic love like he did is absolutely mind-boggling to me because i just look at it and go holy cow by the way if you hear any background noise the washer is running i idiotically started it and i need to get this episode out though so <laughs> we're just going to have to deal with it i'm hoping you really can't hear it but he i mean is a really sick person. I can and I can say this: the con is incredible and terrible at the same time. Like it is impressive how he did this, but it's also absolutely terrible and horrible. And he is a trash human being. And latest reports have it because this this occurred in around 2017, and then you know it takes time to make documentary. The interviews afterwards, and it lasted I don't know maybe. 2018 or 2019 and it's just releasing because then they had to go back and post-produce it he apparently signed with this Hollywood agent and is looking to get his own show so I mean he's conning right he's and he's taking it trying to take advantage of his fame my hope is that it doesn't catch on and these and people don't actually give him the patronage because it's one thing to make someone infamous like this and it's another thing that then patronize them in such a way that 
no, he could become a big Hollywood star celeb, and he he's supposedly out of jail and all that. I'm spoiling so much. Sorry, spoilers. But he's, you know, this is post all these cons on Tinder and whatnot, and now he's looking to do that. So it's kind of crazy, but I'll post the article that I read about it from the New York Post on in the description along with the 17 billion links you're going to get today. There are going to be so many links. I need you to strap in because it's wild because there's a lot related to this. So last thing in fun topical news is, you know, from Oklahoma, Minoki, most of us are, I assume, who are listening to this. But now that I've got my Denver friends and other people that don't live in Oklahoma anymore but or don't live in Oklahoma ever, I want to be sure that uh, to bring them in. So Oklahoma has made national news. And historically, when Oklahoma makes national news, it is not for anything good. Typically. It is typically something wacky, something kooky, or just something awful. And we're just like, dadgummit. Like, <laughs> the COVID-related one, you know what that was? It was in Oklahoma, or in Oklahoma. It was a hospital in southeast Oklahoma that a local Oklahoma news st- station, I think it was KFOR, who I'm going to quote today. And so I have my qualms with them. They do... Some stuff is all right, some stuff is whack, and this is one of those whack things. They had an interview with some guy who apparently, you know, was speaking for this hospital in southeast Oklahoma, and this was this was at the big ivermectin boom when it first came on the scene. It was so controversial and all this stuff, and he said, you know, there were people coming in, there were gunshot wound, people suffering gunshots, being denied service in the ER because they were so overwhelmed with COVID and people ODing on the horse version of ivermectin, and I say it like that because it is very much a human drug over 4 billion doses given and it is safe in effect it's used all over the world there nobel i believe there's nobel prize or some kind of prestigious prize like that given to the people involved with making it and so it's really interesting uh, you know the the narratives and it's because everything's political with covid but the point being <laughs> had this story and then the hospital comes out and says hey this guy hasn't worked for us for like 3 months And he contracts with a group of other ER doctors. We contract him sometimes to come and help us. He hasn't worked with us for three months. This is totally false. We are not having to deny. We have not had cases, an an influx of cases of people ODing on ivermectin, the horse version that you can get from Tractor Supply or Outwoods. And, like, this is patently false. It's not even like, oh, he was, it's not even as if he, he was misleading. They said this is straight up fake news it was wild so yeah and that one of course started circulating nationally initially it circulated because of the report and people were like see see people are going crazy over this ivermectin and then it came out a few days later that actually that's totally false and so then it hit the national news cycle for that reason so it was a double whammy it was a nice one too of oh my gosh look at this report and when i saw it i was like no way and i started reading it and then literally i think the next day or the same day that i picked it up the hospital issued that statement saying, yeah, I don't know where you guys got this dude, but you didn't vet him properly. Yeah. He's worked with us before, but this report is totally false. And it goes to one of those things where it's, I think we need to all make sure to think for ourselves and be skeptical and do our own research. I know that's also now a charge from do your own research. You just Google a little bit. And it's just like, why do we have to downplay that people can do their own research and understand things? I'm, you don't have to understand it at the PhD level to, to be able to understand the basic workings of certain things and this is just in a general sense and so it's kind of annoying to me that people get 
painted as these crazies who do their own research on their conspiracy sites. And it's like, no, I can go read the abstract from an app, from an academic journal, uh, a, a public, a published article or, you know, a study, if you will, and understand it. The point, anyone who's ever done any sort of research ever, I did some in college is you, 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 you lay it all out. You have your methodology and all that stuff, your conclusions, but then your abstract is supposed to be a snapshot that is supposed to be able to be understood by someone who doesn't necessarily know, doesn't have the in-depth knowledge you have about this subject topic or, or, or the science involved with it. And that, I remember hearing that from my professors, like you need, as anybody walking up on the street could read, you want them to be able to pick up this abstract and basically read what happened in your study and the results and conclusions that came from it. So anyways, this has gotten so off the rails already. <laughs> this podcast. Oh man, let's see if we can keep it under an hour. That's the goal. And you, you'll know right now by looking at how much time is left if I did, if I was successful. That's the crazy thing about this time travel stuff. But yeah, Oklahoma. National headlines, once again, for embarrassing reasons. The most recent one, which I did an episode on, was the Democrat House member, state House member in Oklahoma, who thought he was owning pro-life and the pro-life movement and helping his you know, pro-abortion, pro-choice side their cause by saying that men, by introducing a bill that should be keep men financially, lawfully, um, what's the word, what's the word, accountable? at the point of conception, but then he realized that all the pro-life people were actually for that, and that actually undermines the pro-choice side of things, because then if you follow that logic of saying, okay, why is he responsible? I thought it wasn't a baby, it was just a clump of cells, so now, oh, so now now you're saying it has rights, and it is a baby, and that the man owes a duty to this baby, and so that actually undermines the entire narrative of the pro-choice side, so sadly he retracted it, but I'm hoping that maybe uh, one of the Republican or pro-life people in the state house in Oklahoma will maybe reintroduce it more or less the same thing just from their side. Because I personally believe that's an absolute idea because I think fatherlessness and an absence of fatherhood and taking responsibility is an endemic in our country and has been for the last half century. Once again, not topic of hand at hand. We've gotten so off the rails here. This is wild folks. But this is what riding the lightning looks like, okay? When you ride the lightning, you you can sometimes have an idea of where you're gonna where you're gonna strike, but you never know. It's gonna it's gonna take you back and forth all over and kind of cascade down the sky through and through the through the air and then get to its point. You might get to the point that was directly beneath you when you started, but you might go to the left, you might go to the right, you might go front and back, you might loop de loop and twirl. Before you come back in line and get to the point at hand. Point at hand. This time, the kooky story is we have a former news person, Abby, Abby Broyles, went on a Roseanne, what I'm going to call Roseanne-style drunken drug combo tirade on some middle school girls. And it was wild. So I came across this yesterday and I was like, oh boy, Oklahoma makes news. And I'm like, and I immediately thought, I wonder what happened this, what embarrassing thing. Oklahoma is the equivalent of having a a sibling or a cousin who's always doing something wacky, kind of. We'll call him the black sheep of the family, right? And he's just always doing something. It's like, what did crazy, what did crazy so, you know, <laughs> what did, I don't know, what's a good name? What did Kooky Chris do this time? And 
you know, just that one friend or family member, whoever, who's always doing something wacky off the walls and always bringing something to the table, just unexpected. It's a good time, and you're like, man, dadgummit. But that's that's what Oklahoma making national news cycle is for me. So still proud to be an Okie, but man, I just, it would be nice to not make news for just the stupidest stuff. So the title, I found this, I'm going to walk you through it. There's three articles here I found in the New York Post, and then that links to KFOR. They did a story, and they sat down with Abby Broyles because she was, she used to be on their network, and then she's got into politics. She challenged him in, in Hoff Lost. And then I think, and then so she went, now she's running for the U.S. House. I think she's for the 5th Congressional District in Oklahoma as, as a Democrat. And so personally, I wouldn't vote for her anyways. But I do want to keep in mind that I don't want you to see this as me taking a chance to dunk on a Democrat because I don't like them. That has nothing to do. This is crazy. And I think either, I, I want to I make that disclaimer here. Because personally, I don't like to stick to, I'm staunch Republican, because the Republicans suck in a lot of ways, and politics suck in a lot of ways. I use the term conservative uh, to describe myself. Dang it, still doing us and ums, to describe myself, and, and I think it's important, an important distinction, but we're not going to get into that. We don't need all these freaking disclaimers. Let's just get into the story, right? So she's running for Congress now, and then... She allegedly went on a drunken tirade, vomited at preteen sleepover. That's right. You got it right. So she, apparently this was on Valentine's Day, and a a good friend of hers who she hangs out with a lot invited her over. She was hosting the sleepover for a bunch of, for her daughter and a bunch of her friends. It was Valentine's Day themed and that matching PJs. It was cool stuff, right? Invites Abby over and is like, Hey, bring, bring some wine. We're gonna have some wine. They have some wine. And at some point in the night and, and supposedly, you know, there's some, there's some medication. That's all that's said in any of these. And this is that Abby took. And so she had been drinking wine we don't know how much, and, and it doesn't say, oh, I got drunk on wine, then I took this. But we do know that mixing certain medications, a lot of times prescription medications and alcohol, is a big no-no. First no-no of, and so Abby says she was given this medication because she deals with insomnia and anxiety and stress. And she's given this medication, and then, and then that causes her to hallucinate and essentially black out. And that's where she goes on this tirade basically calling them every type any every type of effort she can think of hispanic effort a judgy effort and effort i think you know what it means and this was originally released by nondoc.com there was dispute and then kfr kfor did a story on it then the new york post caught it so uh, one girl acne effort and so she blacks out she goes on this tirade and just berates these girls then she ends up and this is according to her she when she comes to she is vomiting in a hamper. So quite the wild night. And initially, Nondog gets a hold of this story because I think one of the parents of one of the girls at the party took to Twitter. And so then Nondog reached out because obviously this is a public figure. She's Abby Borles is verified on Twitter. She's verified on social media. I mean, she's already run for the Senate and she's she's making a run for the U.S. House now. So you're in the public eye. You're in you, so 
now you are subject to so much more scrutiny on things that happen that if they happen to a normal person would obviously be, you know, maybe an internal public matter. Say if put myself in this position, I go over to a friend's house and he's hosting a sleepover for a bunch of his, his son and a bunch of his friends. And I do the same thing, right? This would probably be a big deal amongst my personal community, but I'm not necessarily a public figure. And so it wouldn't make national news, but being a public figure figure now, this is you, I mean, you're going to be subject to this sort of thing. And you need to be prepared for it. but And so you need to then act accordingly, right? So non-doc, I've never heard of them. They get a hold of this story. They do it. They call Abby. Abby then proceeds to make what I would call a key mistake here. Now, given their benefit of the doubt, she could have been caught off guard. But she denies. Says she was never there. She was out of town on a fundraising event. This is totally false. And I assume what she thought this, she, some random call, she doesn't know who this person is, probably doesn't know who this publication is. I've never heard of them. And then proceeds to go, yeah, no, 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 you're making this up, making this up, fake, 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 right? It's like one of those was like, oh, crap, how'd they find out about this? And my question would be, is, did she not see the Twitter thread that had already happened that she'd been tagged in by the person? Now, being verified, she probably gets mentioned and tagged a lot. And so, yeah, maybe not. But, and maybe this, this lady's Twitter, you know, who's just random average Joe Schmo. Sorry, Jane Schmo, because she's a woman, is, and this mother, you know, maybe got 10 retweets or whatever, and didn't, didn't circulate enough to get Abby's attention. So Abby thinks, oh crap, what the hell they hear about that? Well, I'm just going to deny it, it'll go away, and then it doesn't. And then corroboration happens with multiple, with the parents of the girls that were at the party, with the homeowner and friend who invited her over, and so then she's got a backtrack and then she does this story. And then she recently also re- released another apology on Twitter that I'll cover here in a second. So let's just, I mean, walk through the story. That's more or less what happened. So we'll, we'll walk through it now. And yeah. Oh, sorry. She didn't just throw up in the laundry basket. Also a girl's shoe. And then when, when non-doc asked her, she gone to the house. She denied involvement, called the allegations awful and false. She said, I saw, oh, here we go. Sorry. I, I, I've, I've been reading, I've read all of these, and there's a seven-minute video, too, that you should watch on K, that KO4 did where they sat down with her. Said, I saw the tweets. I've been out of town on a fundraising trip. They are awful and offensive and false. So she went full deny mode. Classic politician move. You just deny, deny until you no longer can. Personally... And if I ever end up in politics, I, I'm beyond it. Like, if, if I hear about this happen, I'm going to say, look, there's a lot to this story. We can sit down and talk about it. But I've apologized. I've addressed this personally. This did happen. It was unfortunate. I'm ashamed. So on and so forth. And and just, just own up to it. I think you're always better off just taking responsibility, owning up to it, apologizing, and being up front. Because this deny, then it just makes you look bad. Because then you're just trying to do PR stuff. I don't know why, whoever... And this, but this, everyone does this across the board though. They always just deny, deny, deny until it becomes irrefutable. Then they address it. And then they usually pivot and say out of, you know, you don't have the full context. Here's what happened there. And they do some kind of weird haphazard apology that, that they kind of, they're, they're sorry this happened, but then they throw in why this happened. Well, I deal with this and that, and this happened and, and, and almost kind it's a, it's a half Apology half deflection, and it'd be easier to just say, "Look, this happened. I'm ashamed of it. This was a huge mistake. I'm going to be better for it, and I'm not going to do anything like this again. I'm going to watch myself closer." End of story, right? End of story. 
But when you don't do that, then this gets drummed up, ends up being national news, and now you've essentially, I personally think so, you're, first of all, you're a Democrat in Oklahoma, chances are slim, but she is running in, in, I believe, one of the Oklahoma City districts, so it's more blue there, more purple, I should say. And so she's, but I think she's essentially nuked her campaign. So she denies it, denies it, denies it. She then tries to, uh, other terms she used, she's tried to say it had been cooked up and suggested that the 12 and 13 year old girls' mothers were using the allegations as a political attack against her. Ah, it's a political, deny it, then say this is just a political attack. <laughs> and she goes, I'm running for office. You don't think it's a political attack? You don't think it's something they cooked up? Oh my gosh. And then she threatened to sue Nondoc. Classic move, right? I mean, this is, and this is knee jerk. I'm going to give her this. This is knee jerk, right? This is what I would do probably. Maybe, I don't know. And then, jeez. So she goes through this. It's just crazy, right? Then she finally gets to sit down with KFOR, her former news station. She And that's where she admits going to the house. She admits the sleepover took place. She said her friend handed her medication, gave her an adverse reaction, causing her to hallucinate, right? And of course, and she apologizes in the interview. And I think she does a fairly good job of, of of apologizing and, and, and at this point kind of owning up to it. I still think though, kind of some of the things she said on or the little twit thread she did on Twitter. I once again, think it's that cla- that political kind of um, making excuses instead of just, it's just easier just to say, I'm sorry, I screwed up and leave it at that. than try and say, well, I'm dealing with this or that. Right. Uh, you, in the interview, you also get the classic, you don't know me line because there's, of course, people who are going to be skeptical. Look, I I don't care to take it to the extent of saying, oh, yeah, it's how convenient that you blacked out. No, nah, I'm fine with accepting that. I'm fine with accepting that you were an idiot. You went over to, you let your guard down being in public office, and you and you mixed medications with, with, with alcohol, medication that you supposedly have never taken before. Why would I, even if it's my trusted friend, if I'm like, look, man, I've been drinking, I've never taken this medication. I probably shouldn't do this, especially since, you know, we're chauffeuring, we're the parents here. We're supposed to be overseeing the party. That's not how you act. And that's, that's where I draw the line on this is like there, this could have been avoided. And, and so, and so the excuses she uses talking about this and, and trying to kind of paint herself as a victim here is like, no, you are a fully functioning, responsible adult trying to run for Congress meaning the federal government, meaning taking part in managing our overblown government, (laughs) obtuse government, but still, nonetheless, at the federal level, that means you have to have some kind of competency and responsibility. I'm not saying people aren't going to make mistakes and screw up, but this one's kind of a serious, serious one, right? And so I'm going to take her at a word when she says, you know, I would never talk like this. This is not me. Because I think we all know that when you get in an altered state like that and say you are blacked out, and especially when it comes to mixing, you know, a prescription drug that with alcohol and drinking, I think it's very true that things that are said are not you. And I don't buy into the the narrative that she, you know, it's, oh, it's just the true side coming out. No, no, no. You are... You were twisted out of your mind, you're high and drunk, and you don't know what's going on, right? Interestingly enough, she she still tries to hold that slight deny line and says that she got misquoted by non-doc, where they said that she denied even being there, and she said she never told them I wasn't there. However, 
Then the editor-in-chief of Nondoc, and this is good journalism right here too, he then contacts KOFOR and says, hey, I've got the recording. You want to hear the recording of our phone call? And they play it for KFOR and show that she did outright deny. And <laughs> so then she once again has to address that and says, the phone call was terrifying, caught me off guard. I remember hearing the accusations and just repeating, no, 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 then hanging up. I was happy to be in the TikTok video with the girls, which was obvious proof of my attendance. Broyles told KFOR and Fox News Digital also caught the story, but Broyles didn't respond to them. So she actually double denied here and it's like, just come on, man. I get it that we live in a day and age where things are, and I talk about this too, where things are framed certain ways and headlines are framed certain ways. And we have to be aware of the framing and how people word things and phrase things. And I've heard plenty of examples this week on podcasts that I listen to of certain news stories where uh, this I remember there was this like this Hungarian, this retired Hungarian powerlifter. He was in the headline. He was called an anti-vaxxer, but the dude had been fully vaccinated for COVID, and 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 they mentioned that in the article. But it's just it's it, the headline and the article are almost like two different things. So it's just it's just funny, right? And that's what we see here. So she first of all to non-doc, she denies the denies denies on the phone. Then she goes on KFR, owns up to it, but then says, "Yeah, they misquoted me. It's out of context." And then non-doc is like, "Oh, is it? Well, here's our recorded phone call, KFR." And then it, in the video too, I'm not gonna play the whole. I'm not gonna play the video, but if you watch the video on KFR, um, they do a nice little seven minute piece. They sit down with her and get her side of it, which I think is the right thing to do. And uh, there's reason to believe too. It's your former news agency, so they wanna. They want to give you a fair shake, but also may, might, you know, go easy on you. But I think, I think all in all it was fair. And I think for the most part, I'm, I'm glad that she finally owned up to it, but still trying to hold the stance of slightly being, you know, oh, non-doc was bad journalism and, and non-doc is like, no. And then at the end of the interview, Kevin Ogle, the interviewer, he says, so non-doc actually followed up with us. So this is post interview and he goes, he followed up with us and we played the recording and Abby did deny in the phone call not being there so and and when you go to non-doc then at the top of theirs their story which all these are in the description folks update one day after publication of this article abby royals conducted a video interview with kfor and admitted that she attended the party in question the article below remains in its original original form so what happens sometimes is if if you are off on something or the record gets corrected you get corrections on articles this is the opposite of that they're saying, no, we were right. And so Nondoc has the most in-depth story and they don't, jeez, they don't hold back. They, they take the quotes. I mean, they're the ones that did the phone call. They, they reference a uh, Twitter thread by Sarah Matthews is one of the mothers. She's been the most prominent mothers. And they even, I mean, they even talked to the ex-husband of the woman who hosted the party. And he's like, look, this, I thought my ex-wife... This is kind of funny. He's like, my ex-wife, I thought he was doing something really cool for the girls and my daughter, and this is just horrible. So, uh, they and when she said this was cooked up on the phone call, this was an interesting thing. Some of the, some of the finer details, uh, Broyles cor- corrected that and said, or didn't correct that, but said, she meant their moms. And, she's, and to quote her, she said, I mean, I don't know, Broyles said. I have no idea. This... This is, I'm just telling you it's not true. And if it were a journalist, I would not be doing a story because it's not a story. So classic knee-jerk 
I mean, these are the direct quotes from this phone call that were then played. So good job, Abby Broyles. You really did a number on yourself. Really proud of you. I'm going to, so now that we know all the details and have all the details, going into details here, or sorry, uh, my, my general perspective on this, if you haven't caught it already, is this was stupid and dumb on her part. And I wish if you go watch the interview, read these three through these three articles to get her statements on it. I've kind of summarized everything here, but I'm sorry. And I'm just going to chalk it up to classic politics in a lot of ways, but I still think we need to call it out is she should have for the denial, the, the threat to sue, all that. It's the classic stuff. And whoever started this trend, you know, this is just commonplace now in the political world, the public figure world, needs to, someone needs to come in and correct them on the PR side and be like, no, this is not what you should do, right? And I think we've seen it in certain shows that deal with politics. They're like, deny, 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 deny. They have nothing. They have nothing. And then it comes out they have something. And now you just look like even the even a bigger Hanyak when you, when you sit there and you're deny, deny, deny. So... Yeah, I, I wish this is, this was made up and this wasn't true. But Oklahoma being uh, famous or rather infamous, <laughs> once again, good job everybody. I think this was stupid and dumb and totally avoidable what what she did. And I'm gonna hold culpability on her end as an adult because in her statement, let's see if I can pull it up here. Yeah, they they have some of the transcript. She, I, I mean, she th- says things like, "I deeply, deeply regret it." Good. Kevin Ogle, he did ask her straight up, do you have a problem with any kind of substance, alcohol, or anything like that? She said no. Mm. So, and then she goes in to talk about being misquoted. Blah, blah, blah. Where was it? Where was it? Oh, crap. So it's up here. TikTok video. There we go. Here we go. So this is this is my issue, and I'll pull up that Twitter thread too because she talks about it there. And this would have been from yesterday, I believe. What is today? The twenty third. Yep, twenty second. So in the interview with KFR, she says, "For years, I've struggled with stress and anxiety and insomnia. I took the bar exam on two hours of sleep. I mean, this is how far this goes back for me." And she knows that. And she gave me a medication, she referring to her friend who invited her over. And she gave me a medication I had never taken before, and I had an adverse reaction. Instead of helping me sleep, I hallucinated. And I don't remember anything until I woke up or came to, and I was throwing up in a hamper. So, this, where I take issue is, some might see this as an explanation of how you got in this situation. And I think that would be true if it would have been followed by... I should have known better than to mix the alcohol with the me- take a medication that I've never taken before, struggling with this problem, even if it is a trusted friend, uh, just given the situation. You're the adults in there. If it was just you and your friend and this happened and there wasn't a group of middle school girls that you were technically o- overseeing, no issue, right? And once again, I'm not sitting here saying that they chugged a bunch of wine and were super drunk and then took the medication. Could have been casually just drinking some wine like you would have it at a nice dinner and you know you don't you don't drink the wine and get to a drunken state but there's we we don't know all those ins and outs and those haven't been made to us so I'm not going to jump to conclusions either way but the part that I don't like is in very I think there is a slight deflection of blame here of 
being a victim myself and explaining that, oh, I, I suffer from this, and so this is what happened, and and this is this is how this happened, and you know, making it trying to make it sound more like an accident, but it's 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 like an accident that is if if it's yield on green and I'm at the stoplight and I go. It's a close gap, but I think I can make it, and I gun it, and then I don't make it and get T-bone or hit the back of my car. I'm still culpable for that car accident, and I could have taken the safe route and just waited and possibly not been able to turn left in this cycle of lights and have to go through another cycle or gone after the car, but instead I kind of took a chance here and thought I'd be all right and make it out just fine, and I didn't, right? And we all we all do things like that all the time, and that, in some ways, that is riding the lightning. And this is an example of when riding the lightning goes horribly wrong. And the how you, I don't know. I think if you've been, if if you've moved into the public life like that, and trying to be in in, in you know Congress and, and hold seats of office, I think then you automatically have to go into a mitigating risk mode of an insurance agent, right? And so if if you're when you're just an average citizen, you can try and ride that lightning and make that turn, that yield on green and 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 possibly hit your car and it's whatever private citizen. But if you're now in a, more of a public citizen and holding office or trying to hold office and you are doing things like that, guess what? It's going to be detrimental. You are now because now you are in the public eye and so you need to take more precautions. So you should realize that and know your your position and status and even and even in a let's say a safe space like this where it's a totally private situation and a private party and there's no media around, just take care to not do something like say, Well, I've had some wine tonight. I don't know how you should take this medication. I know I struggle from this, but or I've got my medication that I know is okay, that it I, it won't mess me up if I, even if I had a glass of wine, but taking something totally brand new. And that's where the culpability comes in for me. And I do, I take issue with the part of, of, of her in some ways where it sounds like, or seems like, and maybe I'm just misinterpreting this. Right. But once it just comes back for me of saying like, I, of saying, you know, of getting too deep in the excuse realm when you're trying to backpedal and, and, and quelch, the fire, the PR fire that has happened, the, the nuke more or less. So, all right, last thing um, on this, and then we're going to get into the Freedom Convoy. I promise it's coming. We'll close it out on that. So this has turned into Oklahoma being infamous again. So I guess I'm going to have to include that in the title because I've done almost 40 minutes on it. This is crazy. So she tweeted yesterday, 2.22, the things I'm accused of saying are not who I am, nor will they depict the, int- the entirety of the situation that occurred. They are not a reflection of my beliefs. This has been a painful attack on my character from the accusations themselves to the overwhelming amount of politically charged threats, malicious emails, calls, and messages I've received. Like all of us, I'm not perfect. We all make mistakes, and I'm sure I'm not the only Oklahoman who's ever been, who's ever had one too many on a Friday night. Being in the public eye for an intense three years in a tumultuous political climate has been the most stressful time of my life. While I'm committed to service, I'm taking some time to focus on my mental health and recharging so I can feel 100% again. Not bad, right? Not bad. But there are certain issues I have with this. Because once again, I say, I think it falls in the category of classic political apology where it's kind of haphazard and then it's good. She is owning up to it. But then she's also kind of deflecting. And it'd be much better just to own up to it outright. Be like, I was dumb. This was wrong. 
And, you know, this isn't who I am personally. This is what happened. It won't happen again. I'm terribly sorry. And leave it at that, right? Short and sweet is usually better. So the things of Q is saying are not who I am. Yes, I agree with that. Nor do they depict the entirety of the situation that occurred. That I do not fully believe anymore. Because and if you just see that she got drunk and called these girls this, and you don't know the context, but as I walked through, and very easily so, I mean, within five minutes, did all this, read all this, watched it, well, took longer than five minutes because the video is seven minutes, but got to the bottom of this, she did an interview. It has been explained now in its entirety. We know what happened. You went over there. You idiotically took a medication you've never taken before while being under the influence of alcohol and had an adverse reaction and said some wild stuff. Guess what? The fact of the matter remains, you said wild stuff, you did crazy thing, yes, because you made a dumb choice beforehand. And and that is the part that I will not let you off the hook for. I'm not saying she can't be forgiven or redeemed and because I think it was a dumb, horrible mistake and I think that any of us could make a mistake like that and do make mistakes like that. They're not a reflection of my beliefs, agreed. This has been a painful attack on my character from the accusations themselves to the overwhelming amount of politically charged threats. Look, I'm sure people have been saying crazy stuff and the equivalent of, you know, socially or politically burner at the stake type situation. I'm not buying into that narrative. However, when she says something like that, I think, I don't know, a painful attack on your character. No, no, no. This is the consequences of you doing doing what you did at this point. This isn't. This wasn't a coordinated attack. You said this is one of your best friends going back to law school. You hang out with her all the time. You you have a good relationship with her daughter. Like you're basically that you know an aunt to her daughter. So trying to say this is somehow a coordinated attack. No, I think these all these moms sent their girls over to their friend's house and then they get these reports of this crazy thing and they find out, oh my gosh, it's Abby Broyles, the person who's been in public office for the last three years, who was formerly a news reporter, so been in the pub, been a public person for a long time. Yeah, I'm going to make a big deal about it because we should know that our people in public office when they do wild, crazy stuff like that and take it into account, right? Like all of us, I'm not perfect. Yes, I will acknowledge that. We all make mistakes, and I'm sure, and this is the problem that I have with this. Downplaying is like, I just had one too many and got a little, no, 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 this wasn't like some video of you getting inebriated and, all, and, and you know, walking through, maybe falling over in a convenience store and knocking over some ch- a chip stand. You were berating middle school girls in a, I, what I call twisted tirade, because you were, for all you, you folks who don't know what that was referring to, it means that there was... There was a drug and there was an alcohol involved, basically. It wasn't just drunkenness. It was partially due to this medication. And and that's the story that I'm going with because that is her own words, that she took this medication and there's an adverse reaction. And so it's interesting then in his Twitter where she says, you know, one too many drinks instead of just saying, look, I this is the situation that happened, right? And then goes on to say, this has been the most, I'm just under so much stress. And so I made this dumb mistake. And yes. I do have empathy for the stress of being in public life. However, I also acknowledge that you weren't thrust into this against your will. You chose this. And so you made your bed. You got to sleep in it a little bit. And with that comes, yes, you are under, I'm sure, intense stress and scrutiny. And I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I would have the same stress and could have, and it would cause problems in my personal life being thrust into the public eye. But go, or I should say, stepping into public, the public eye, like you have done, and stepping into politics in this time, especially being a Democrat in a deeply red state. So, I mean, you are literally 
trying to surf the tidal wave. <laughs> and so I do have respect for you for that, right? And I'm glad she's taking some time to figure this out. Classic thing. And throws in that mental health comment. Yeah, I mean, you should be always working to try and develop that. But I see this partially as a deflection. And so those are my issues that I have with that statement. But I do, I am glad, you know, she is apologizing overall. And and good job, Oklahoma. Thank you for always maintaining and being caught in the public eye. I've got to get better at keeping these more concise. 45 minutes is ridiculous, but Oklahoma being infamous for doing Oklahoma stuff, drunken tirade of a a very pro vocally pro woman too. That's the hilarious, the ironic part about this. And I'm not saying that this, Oh, I thought you were pro woman. I'm not trying to dunk on her. It's just hilarious, right? It's like, that's part of your mess. I mean, you're, you're a woman who's been wildly successful being a newscaster and now trying to get into the political side of things. You have a law degree, all that good stuff. And then you do this, you end up berating (laughs) middle school girls. And it's just like, oh, and the pro woman, woman just crushes all these hopes and dreams of these middle school girls. I mean, middle school girl, talk about a tumultuous time and an insecure time and then, and then there's this woman, and you're like, oh, it's Abby Broyles, you know? And then she just rips you down. I'm one of the girls, she's supposedly said, you'll never be as successful as me. Just absolutely torching them. The roast. Yeah, so roasting middle school girls. I mean, come on. It's like it's like playing a four-year-old in basketball. Really? It's too easy of a target. Come on, Abby. You're better than that. No, but seriously, I hope the best for her. Uh, I do think politically she might have nuked herself, at least in, as far as Oklahoma politics is concerned, because that's a rough one, a rough one. And I, her her apology holds less weight due to the double denial and continuing to say miscontext. I'm so tired of hearing that when I get there are times when there's context missing and we can address those. But then, but, but now you, I see that excuse used all the time to mean I don't like that you know, how this portrays me. So I'm going to claim that, oh, you, it's not full context. You don't know me as a person or you don't know the situation when the whole situation has been fleshed out and just stop it. Just, just say, look, this was horrible on my part. And she does do that. She does do that. I just don't like how she co-opts it with some of that, um, personal, I mean, victim, victimization. She tries to draw on a little bit and, 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 and it, it sounds like an excuse. Once again, this is maybe me interpreting it. I don't, what do you hear it as? Go read those stories, watch her interview, and uh, have a little laugh because this is hilarious. And that's what we should do with politics. And just so freaking wild. Thank you, Oklahoma. All right. So today, actually, right now, the for the Freedom Convoy, or the People's Convoy, sorry. So this is going to get confusing, right? The Freedom Convoy is what happened in Canada, Canada, and there's a U.S. branch of it. And I think it's more of a conglomerate of a bunch of different convoys from coming all over the nation. But the most prominent one I found is the people's convoy link in the description. It's the people's convoy USA.org. And that's where I'm pulling most of this information. There is the freedom convoy USA 2022. It's all very confusing to find. The Instagram is the best place to find the freedom convoy. The people's convoy has a good website. The freedom convoy does not, but that starts today. The freedom convoy, or sorry, it. the people's convoy starts today in California if you're for those of you in Oklahoma, it's coming through Oklahoma, stopping in Elk City and Vanita. It'll be going through the right through the middle of the state and up through Tulsa. So if you have if you have a chance to, you're going to be near that area. I 
I estimate that we come through the Oklahoma City area around midday is an estimation. They don't give many details. But what this is, is a wonderful, wonderful expression of, if you want to call it civil disobedience, but just going to D.C. to protest the national state of emergency that is still in place. So it's American Truckers and Allies, February 23rd. That is today. They are going. They, they have a press release on their site. They want to end the declaration of national emergency concerning the COVID-19 pandemic and restore our nation's constitution. You can then look at the pull up the route and look at that. You can donate. I donated 10 bucks. And then after donating, it took me to a page and I found out for 5,000 bucks, you can do you can buy a seat and ride shotgun for a day with one of the truckers. Or if you want to ride of their operation headquarter bus for 250000 a quarter of a million dollars, you can do a ride along there. So, needless to say, I've been clearly priced out of these options, but maybe one of you out there has that. Yeah, maybe I'll just try and catch them. So, sadly, I'm in Denver, and I'm not in Oklahoma to see this unfold. So I want my friends and family to see it, get pictures for me. But there is the the... The Freedom Convoy USA is coming through Denver. They're not leaving until Friday, though. The goal is State of the Union is on March 1st, and that's when they want to be in D.C., and they want to protest it, make their presence known peacefully, lawfully, and that and they make that abundantly clear when you look through all their information. This is, this is I, th- I think this is a well-mannered, well-organized protest that is taking place. They've raised almost half a million dollars, and you can sign up for all that. They have a declaration. Uh, I'll read their their official declaration. It's long, but I'll read the first part of it. Oh, wait, that's just... Oh, yeah. We, the people of the United States, this is the Trucker's Declaration, in order to restore our once perfect union, reestablish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense of all... Sound familiar? Yeah, they're pulling from the Declaration and Constitution. Promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty. Do ordain and establish the restoration movement of the People's Convoy for the United States of America. Now, I don't know why it's you have the freedom versus the peoples, and there, I'm sure there's some division there, difference of opinions, logistics, whatever, what have you. I'm, I don't care if, they're, if it's all unified, but I think, or, you know, it's all titled the exact same thing in the no i even if it's multiple different groups and they're but they're all converging on dc part of me wants to try and like jump in and go to dc i just won't work for me personally so i i did think about it though i did think about it Ooh, i like it and they have a great line let the golden light of liberty burn bright let freedom roll they have a declaration you can sign if you're a trucker you can register it's awesome. They're on Gitter, Gab, Telegram, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I'll put their Instagram and the Facebook page link in below, as, as well as literally all of the other links. So it's pretty incredible. Their route, basically, they start in Southern California. They go on I-40. They're going stopping in Kingman, Arizona, then Lupton, I don't know, then border town in Texas, then Elk City, Oklahoma. Then this Sunday, February 27th, that is the day, folks, for all my Okies. They're going to get to Elk City February 26th, stay there overnight, get up February 27th, drive from Elk City, get to Vanita, where they will stay the night. They're crossing the state of Oklahoma February 27th, also my mom's birthday. So get excited. I'm going to be looking, I'm going to be following them on Instagram, and they have a breakdown of each day. Then they're they're basically crossing a state a day, and they leave today, and they'll be in D.C., I think, by, let me see, March 5th. Is when they'll be in there. So, 
which is March March 1st is the interesting. So they're not even going to be in D.C., but the Freedom one is going to be in D.C. by March 1st. So I don't know what's happening. There's a lot happening, a lot going around this. Go read. They have a full press release, and they have all these different links. You can contact them, support them. They talk about all the projects involved with them, the all these different things. And so it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. I love it, and I think this is the best way. I think this is what we need and what we need to support because ultimately, fundamentally, what I... And I think this is how it operates, right? The, 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 the governed and those governing are on some level always at odds. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tug of war game, right? But keeping that balance, not letting either side take too much control is what keeps us a civil and free society. And that's what our founders understood. And that's why they separation of powers, checks and balances, different things like that. And I think we're in a time right now where we see tyranny really trying to get a foothold. I mean, especially in Canada, freezing bank accounts of these people saying they're going to track them down. I don't care who you are. That's, that is tyranny. That is authoritarianism. That is totalitarianism. That is all the isms that are bad. And like I have said many times before and continue to maintain, tyranny and corruption are always, I mean, just biting at the, chomping at the bit they're always at the door ready for you to just to hear that lock click that door handle twist and bust in and take their rightful place and this and we know this looking through history this is ultimately you know what happens empires rise and fall and corruption and tyranny ultimately can take place and so it, and it's not something that we can permanently fix necessarily but i think america has done the best job of building it out in terms of how we designed our system is because our founding founding fathers were under great tyranny. And if you want to call it oppression, oppression by the British, they were members of the British empire and, and under that government and they were being mistreated and they saw it and they saw, and they saw that happen and they broke away from it. And we're like, okay, we need to build a system that works better than that because the system they have in place doesn't work. And so I think this is great. I think this is the way to civil disobedience is a way to fight back and prevent it. And I, I hold to the line from V for Vendetta that, that always says, you know, people shouldn't be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of the people because ultimately people make up the government and the people, the rights don't, or government doesn't give you rights. The government recognizes rights and the people the people, like I, this is where I talked about that tug of war, right? The people should have the point of rights is so that the people can keep their government in check. And personally, I believe that our government is way too bloated and overblown. And I mean, I want to see it brought back and you say, but how, but then we could have struggles and problems. And yes, I, that is true. But if I'm ever on the Babylon B and they ask me one of the, ten, one of the 10 questions, which is what, what's the first thing you do as president? I'm going to say, I'm going to figure out how to cut anything and, and not, there, there are, there is a purpose for government. You do need it. And this, this is part of that tug of war analogy, right? You can't just say, oh no, just let the people win, let the people reign, have a pure democracy. No, because that's rule of mob, and then that falls into anarchy, and that then you see it take place where the powerful and the people who, the the powerful people, they then will take charge, and a lot of times in an oppressive way, because power. We know that absolute power corrupts absolutely. Another good classic phrase from history class, right? 
And so that's what we have to guard against in whatever form. And I think if you just, you know, revert to martial law and people rule and free for all, I think that's ultimately what you have happen. And so building a system like we have built is the key to maintaining that balance. Right. And, and so the people in the government are always in some form of opposition. Now they do need to work together and work in tandem, but there is some opposition, right? Because the people want their freedom, their liberty. The government is like, no, we need your taxes. We need this. We need you to do this. You have to comply with a bunch of stuff. And it's annoying. It is necessary. And I will acknowledge that, but it is annoying. And, uh, at the same time, and so, but, but there is that balance to be held, you know, and it's, it's almost like two, is a classic analogy I'm going to pull from my, my Bible lesson stuff is uh, two people, you know, two boards that are standing up because they're leaning on each other. And if one is removed, the other one will fall. And I think that's true, right? And when I think when you have a government become a dictatorship and totalitarianism, you see a press, mass oppression of people and you see poverty and you see horrible, horrible things. I mean, look at Venezuela is the most recent example, but that's what you see. And then I think when the opposite happened, the only way to fix that is then hard revolution. And that costs a lot of lives. And, and so the point, you never want to get to that point and you never want to get to the point too, where the people revolt, overthrow their government, maybe when it's not oppressive, but maybe just thinking about oppressive. And because then that leads, sometimes it is required, but you never want to see that. You want to see this things resolved through the people speaking up in the government saying, okay, okay, we'll back down. My bad, our bad. Right. And that's the craziest thing about this pandemic is when people start talking about the government giving us our rights, but the government does not give us our rights. It acknowledges our rights. These rights are endowed by our creator, are greater than any one government, and our natural rights, our rights that are instilled to us, the right to protect yourself, the right to be able to live as you see fit, the right to practice your religion, the right to petition, to assemble peaceably to, for causes that you see fit. Those are, those are the most fundamental rights. And I think we're living in a time right now, a pivotal moment where those rights more than ever are being challenged. And I know sometimes we think this could be hyperbolic or politically charged, but I think it's also one of those things where these things usually happen gradually. It's incrementally. And then all of a sudden the switch is flipped. Something I learned today is that Hitler first came into power as the chancellor in 1933, right? Things didn't start happening until the late thirties. So almost a decade later is really when we see the full force of his oppression and his horrible evils that he were, that he was done. So he didn't just, and I think sometimes we, when we look back, we forget about those little details that can then make us naturally be more inclined to think he just came to power and was instantly tyrannical. No, no, no. He came to power and then he slowly shifted things one little incremental step at a time until the moment was right. And then he's like, all right, now I've got it. And he flipped that power switch and went full tyranny. Then once once certain things were in place and the culture had been set up, the society had been set up, they had been disarmed, there other things like that. And I think the same is true here. So I'm all in on this truckers convoy. I think it's awesome. The people's convoy. I love their tagline, let freedom roll. You should definitely go check out their site, their press release, donate if you want. And if you have the kind of capital to be able to buy a, a shotgun seat for 5K, do that. Let me know if you do and get videos. I want to interview and hear, hear your story about it. It's awesome. 
and there's lots of people going to be tracking it. So I went and followed them on Instagram. There's a Freedom Convoy USA. They have their a nice little two-minute video. This is the Freedom Convoy. So this one is going, starting in L.A., goes up to Salt Lake, Denver, Kansas City, St. Louis, Indianapolis, Columbus, and then ultimately to D.C. And the other one's more going the south route, where in Oklahoma it kind of ticks up north, goes to St. Louis, and then I think it goes through a lot of the similar cities. After that point, once it gets to... Once they get to the East Coast. So, yeah, February 25th is the Freedom Convoy. And the USA version, is that's when they're taking off. And the People's Convoy is taking off today. So, if you're somewhere along the route, be on the lookout. If you're in Oklahoma, you're in Oklahoma City area, February 27th, around noon, that's when it's going to be taking place. It's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, the, I'll say the Freedom Convoy, there is a website. I'll link to it. It's not, it's convoluted. It's confusing. They did not logistically put it together. Their Instagram is their best place to go. They have a little link tree in there. And that's where you can find their Facebook page. They supposedly had a Discord, but I think maybe they closed it up because they got overwhelmed with people. I don't know. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm honking all the way. I've even got a couple honk sound effects I'll insert now. There, there you have it. I'm honking all the way. I'm in full support. Uh, let me know what you think of the Freedom Convoy, the People's Convoy. I'm, the People's Convoy is probably the one that I'm going to follow more so, but they have a more well-put-together website and whatnot. Once again, all the links are going to be down below. And you should definitely go check it out. You should support it. If you're a trucker, jump in. Times like this, I wish I was a trucker, but I'm going to be on the lookout for the Freedom one that's going to come through Denver Probably this weekend as well. I don't, uh, yeah, because it's about one day at a time. So, really, really exciting stuff. Be on the lookout. Apparently, uh, I think Newsmax said not, it's not a place I watch necessarily, but they're supposedly going to be covering the, they, there's one guy on their team that's going to be covering it. Uh, but I think social media is probably your best bet to go follow them. Both their Instagram pages. Keep up with it. I'll be posting about it on the podcast here. So, you'll be able to. I'll, I'll try and share as much as I can so you can follow it that way. But here we are right in an hour. And I think I'm going to close it out. That was, uh, ended up being more about that Abby Broyles story and Oklahoma people being infamous, making the national news cycle for all the wrong reasons. But here we are stupid, stupid mistakes and, uh, freedom truckers. Gotta love it. So very curious to see how this pans out once they all get to the DC area and how the state of union is going to go. They national guard has been, Deployed in D.C., they put up they 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 you know they're reinforcing all the fencing that they have around the Capitol, the White House, and whatnot because you know everyone's terrified of another January six happening. So horrible, stupid, so many things about it. I'm not going to get into that, but you know these truckers have made it abundantly clear that they are peaceful, they are going to be lawful. They're just there to show that hey, you need to relinquish this. This is bad. Do not, you know, you need to come off this emergency power. So, and they talk about their, this, this state of emergency because what it does and ultimately is being in a state of emergency is good for the government, right? And this tug of war that gives them state of emergency is a good, strong tug and gives them the advantage and, and almost tips the scales completely in their favor because if you can have an emergency, people are willing to give up their powers and as this is as we've seen and give it, give up their rights willingly. And uh, sadly, the sad, hard truth in history is that once rights are given up, they are only gotten back 
through force and they're never just willingly given back. And one interesting thing I learned is that, you know, George Washington was, is one of the only, if the only person to willingly step down from power. There were people that wanted him to be king, wanted him to be president indefinitely. And after two terms, which eventually got enshrined into law, but before that was just precedent, was like, no, I'm going to step down and go back to being normal life. This is, we just came from something bad like this. And he, he, he understood that need to, to mitigate yourself, moderation, especially when it comes to being put in leadership positions and positions of power. And that is lost in our politics today. I don't care what side you're on. Both sides are bad at it. And that's something we need to move back towards. I think personally, if I was made president tomorrow, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to relinquish a bunch of executive orders and what make my own. No, I'm going to, I might make an executive order, making the executive order even more limited because that has become the workaround for Congress is I just do an executive order and do this and that. No, 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 no. I'm going to cut that way back and, and bring it back to its initial intentions. And those are the types of moves that I would move is make things very narrow scope, not a very wide scope. So yeah. Honk if you're with me. Don't worry. When you, when you get in your car, just go give it a honk. I'll hear it. Let me know. Or hit me up on Instagram, the DM, just saying honk. Or a fun video of different things honking. It's going to be awesome. So let me know what you think about the Freedom Convoy slash the People's Convoy, the, the, the American Truckers Movement. Shout out to Canada. Props to you. Whoever would have thought that this would have been a Canadian-driven movement that's going to be pushed back against tyranny and the threat of tyranny very real threat of tyranny some places full-blown tyranny like australia and canada and then america where we're kind of you know we're the bastion of freedom and liberty and so but even we are not safe and fully insulated from tyranny all the time it 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 could happen we always have to be on guard and you might think well it's kind of charged language and fear-mongering it's like no, no, no not fear-mongering it's no different than you know, looking both ways before you cross the street every time. Is it fear mongering? Say, you get hit by a car. You can get hit by a car. You don't look across the street. No, you look across the street every single time. Just like you always keep your eye on the government because guess what? They have a history of doing shady stuff. And that's the thing that we always have to remember when we talk about remembering history. Remember that the government typically does some what? The um, what is it? The oh, was it the Tuskegee experiments? Yeah horrible crazy things like that and you know weapons of mass destruction in iraq is a classic one there's so many things so many things but i've taken up enough of your time hope you enjoyed this dose of weird go check out one all of the 10 billion links that are in the description today remember if you don't have your rambling viking stickers yet or your hanya court sticker what have you go check out the mead hall it'll be one of the first links it's to the website and the mead hall that's what i'm calling it. it's my shop on redbubble I'm going to be releasing more. I think I'm also just going to buy like a billion of those stickers and just start sticking them on everything. We were at a restaurant the other day where it's like, oh, people put stickers of different stuff on the railing or the wall. Certain There were certain th- areas. And my wife was like, you should put your podcast sticker. And I didn't have one on me. So now I'm going to have one on me. Thought about making business cards too. Just hilarious. Like <laughs> the Rambling Viking podcast. Here's a business card. I don't know. If you have any ideas, uh, always taking any and all suggestions, feedbacks, thought on everything the ridiculous drunken tirade and berate and roasting of of girls and you know it's i can be prominent but you can't be i'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding so <laughs> good job abby broils hope the best for you 
you know, maybe next time just don't deny when they when they when they caught you red handed with your pants down, like pun intended there. Just just own up to it. And I wish I wish that's something that would be more prevalent in controversies that caught up in public life in in whether it be a celebrity, whether it be a politician. Like I wish that was not the PR strategy of denial, threaten to sue, hoping that and then when people actually have their ducks in a row, because I'm sure those malicious attacks happen that are baseless and claimless and don't make any sense. And so in those situations, absolutely be like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And if I know this is absolutely false, but when you when you when you're caught, just 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 own up to it. Oh crap! Well, okay, and and maybe on that phone call where it's like you get called by a journalist for non-doc who are you i don't know who you are and just be like uh i have no comment on this at this time but if my my team my pr team will be in touch with you (laughs) so go check out the people's convoy the freedom convoy follow them on instagram join the movement whether it be financially just uh emotionally verbally what have you voice your support because now more than ever we need the people to speak up and the majority cannot be silent i think that is one of the worst things of saying oh there's a silent majority and sadly we live in a day and age where i i was talking with a friend the other day i don't think we're able to be political or apolitical anymore people you know say oh you know i I vote but i'm not really political and it's like well they're kind of forcing politics is and is being has been forced into everything and so whether you like it or not you kind of are having to take political stands like for me I'm, you know, going, if I, if I see a restaurant or somewhere and it's like vaccination required, where, where were we? we wanted to go to this cool speakeasy thing and we go in and of course there's a wait and they're like, yeah, we'll just text you. And yeah, when you come back, just have your ID, matching ID and proof of vaccination. And to his face, it's okay. Okay. When, you know, we were going to walk around cause it's going to be like half an hour and they were going to text us. And then walking out, I was like, man, that sucks. I'm can't, not going to go in there because that is, that is, that is a line. That's a line in the sand for me is not to be able to, no, I'm not going to do that. Not to be able to just go to a, a, a restaurant bar. No, to do basic things. I think there are specific scenarios that it could be justified. Even if I think it's dumb, I think from my liberty minded side and my freedom minded side that. I think it's not detrimental. So it's individual specific situations. I mean, let's say, let's say this international travel, that's a specific situation going into a hospital or being in healthcare specific situation, but just general things like the grocery store, being able to function as a normal citizen. No. So sadly we didn't get to go to this super cool looking speakeasy thing because they want to prove my vaccination and I'm not going to show that. Uh, because my stance on that is none of your business. It's not relevant to what I want to do here. So that that's my rant. And this Norwegian goodbye has gone way, way too long. So I want to thank you for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. Or if you're new here, welcome to the Hanyak Horde. Be on the lookout for having more blessings born out of tragedy. I know the first one this Monday. I've got a couple more. Hopefully we'll be recording soon. Do want to give you a heads up that in a couple weeks I will be on a cruise. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to pre-record episodes for that week. So it, I'll, I'll let you know. Maybe that's the a week that is all blessings born out of tragedy, but that's what you can be on the lookout for. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to rate this. You can now rate it on Spotify, share it, 
Give me your feedback. If you want to come on and talk about something, let me know. If you've got a great story that is provides, you know, that that shines light on some struggle or some hardship that brought and 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 how it actually brought you blessings and blessings that you found out of that and how you're better for it. Like my sister Rachel talking about going through schooling during COVID when it was all online in college, and she has she has a the way her brain functions. She has a, she has to learn a specific way, and virtual was not conducive to that specific way that she has to learn the way her brain processes so very interesting story if you haven't listened to monday's episode go listen to monday's episode go check out the freedom convoy go see oklahoma's embarrassing national news story that's the only way that we know how to make national news so that's how we do it we do it big we just i mean come on you didn't have the world's tallest christmas tree and it kind of made national news but it's always the juicy ones though like this like someone running for public office going on a drunken tirade just calling 12 and 13 year old girls effers, different kind of, you know, Hispanic, judgy, acne, <laughs> just, just saying, I'll need you to be as successful as me. Hilarious, sad, terrible, all of the above. But that does it for this episode. This mid dose of weird Friday, we'll have another episode coming at you for your final dose of weird. We'll see you right here Friday on the rambling Viking podcast. This is your head Honyak signing off. <laughs>